Kate Jams, 105.3 is sitting there pretty with me, a favorite radio reverend, Preach Easy in the Morning. And it's my favorite time in the morning. Time to go ahead and dive on into the word. But before we go ahead and dive on in, let's go ahead and center ourselves and create a space for God to go ahead and work for work through us and work for us. Go ahead and just exhale, breathe on out all of those issues, the problems, the situations that you've been carrying for the last week, the last month, the last couple of days. Just go ahead and exhale them now. Just and now that we created a space for God to go ahead and move in our spirit, let's go ahead and breathe on in all the promises, the goodness, the blessings that God has coming up for us in the future. Go ahead and breathe them on in now. Just... And now that we're all set, allow me to reintroduce myself. They call me Preach Easy, not because I'm easy on the eyes, because I believe the gospel should be easy like your Sunday mornings. Now, that's not saying we're not going to have those real nitty-gritty, tough conversations, you know, answering the questions that you ask yourself in the middle of the night, like, who am I? Why did God make me? What is my purpose? Well, I believe that all those questions and more, they actually have really simple, easy answers because the answer starts with you. The journey to get there, the journey to bring them out, that's the part that gets a little bit tough. But that's why you have me, your favorite radio Reverend, the most poppin' podcast pope. Oh yes, I'm on all streaming platforms. Anywhere the podcast streaming where you listen to your favorite people, I'm there too. Go ahead and you just type in Preach Easy. That's P-R-E-A-C-H. Put a little space in between E dot Z. You can go ahead and tune in and you definitely want to tune in and catch up because today we are continuing our conversation about Job. Today we are asking the question that many of us ask ourselves, why? Why am I still here? And we find ourselves continuing the story of Job. But before we move on, let me catch you up. Let me see if you know learned a little bit from last time or if you just may have been around the biblical block a few times. Let me just ask you, if somebody were to present to you the question, what book of the Bible was written first? Which book would you say? If you bold, you can go ahead and type it in. If you live with me right now, that's fine. If you bold, you can go ahead and type it in after the fact. And I'll check out the comics and see if you were correct. But I'm going to give you the time right now your do, 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 to go ahead and say which book of the Bible was written first. If you said Genesis because you were like, easy, obviously, they put the first book of the Bible first. So we know that that one was written first. You had almost really good logic you you really were going there that's how i originally thought that's how most of us do think that because genesis was first obviously genesis is the first one written but that is actually incorrect the first book of the bible written is the book of job and that's so important to understand that the first book of the bible is the book of job because job poses a very interesting question Job asks the very same question that many of us ask on our worst times, in our worst periods, in those bad times, in those tough situations, when you just keep making bad decision after bad decision, when situations keep going left and you did everything to make sure that they stay right, we find ourselves asking the single profound question of why. And in particular, why am I still here? The last series or the last sermon, that last time you heard me, we were discussing Job's question of why do bad things happen? Not just to good people, but to just people in general. Now the question is why I'm still here. 
we catch up when we follow Job in chapter 3, verse 21, or verse 20. And it says, Job begins with the question, why is light given to those in misery and life to the bitter of soul? To those who long for death that does not come, who search for it more than hidden treasure, who are filled with gladness and rejoice when they reach the grave. Why is life given to a man whose way is hidden, whom God has hedged in? For sighing has become my daily food. My groans pour out like water. What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Why am I still here? This is the question that many of, our, many of us find ourselves in. Maybe you find yourself asking today, or you asked yesterday, two days ago. Perhaps you'll ask yourself tomorrow, and you just don't know quite yet. For no matter the points where we are in life, at some point we have asked the question, why? Why am I still here? Maybe it was a bad situation that turned into a bad season, that turned into where it, it just seemed like you were bad. Perhaps it turned from one bad decision to one bad relationship that evolved into bad days and now you feel like you can't ever have a good day. For so many of us, we find ourselves backed up into the corner, questioning and waking up and only being able to mutter why. Being consumed with the feeling of just wanting to stop. Not so much non-existence, but just the lack of feeling. So we ask the question, why? Why continue? Why go on? Why am I still here? This is the question that the first book of the Bible presents. And many times in Christianity, we present Christianity or the Christian faith as this constant belief in that nothing bad will happen that these bad days will simply disappear and that these depressive doubts will simply fade away. But in reality, they continue. The one thing that changes is that we know not to throw the whole day away. See, Job begins actually chapter three with trying to throw away an important day, not just any day, but his birthday. And for many of us, we do the same things when we say, I'm just having a bad day. We may not mean it, we may not process, but what we're doing is we're trying to turn back the very same things that we had no power in controlling. And Job shows this so perfectly. After Job just recently losing all that he had, in case you don't know who Job is, allow me to reintroduce you to the first character in the Christian mythos, Job. Job is a sinless man who has a fabulous family. So fabulous and so sinless that Satan, Satan's self, did not even take notes of Job. When Satan was out prowling and going around looking for people to accuse and pull into sin, Satan didn't even know of Job because Job was just so sinless that he was beneath or even maybe above Satan's radar. It wasn't until God introduced Satan to Job and said, Hey, I believe in Job so much that Satan, go ahead and try my homie because I believe that he could go past and would still believe in me and would still believe in himself after everything you could do to him. And so Satan, having this back and forth, almost comfortable relationship with God, 
opposing what we normally know about Satan and God, where we think that they're opposing enemies. But the first book of the Bible actually introduces them more as a boss and employee relationship. God imploring or asking Satan to finish out the job of being an accuser. Many of us believe that the issues, the bad times, the bad situations, that they happen to us because of our own sin or because Satan has this power or dominion over our lives. But in reality, these situations come to us because God delivered them. We learned in the last time that God believes in us. So when we decide after a bad day or a bad time, a bad situation, a bad moment to just throw away the whole day by saying it was just a bad day, we're giving up more power than what we actually had capable to give. But Job does the very same thing, exemplifying how even a good and upstanding human would still respond to having a bad situation after bad situation. Job had a beautiful family, a rich, wonderful, prosper, prosperous property, had hundreds of cattle and sheep, and had a beautiful farm with multiple servants. But in a single two days instances, all that was taken away. It was one thing when Job's property was taken, but it was a whole other thing when his children were taken. See, in most Christian traditions, they end this story by saying Job was given everything back. But the original Hebrew, the first time that they wrote Job, he didn't receive anything back. He received maybe just a conversation with God, finishing and finalizing why he's still here. But Job, like so many of us, after having things taken, things that we know can't be restored, or having a bad situation, a bad time, a bad relation, maybe making a bad decision and being at the end of it, we begin to curse the day. We, like Job, will go in and how Job says in chapter 3, verse 1, May the day of my birth perish. And the night that said a boy is conceived, that day may it turn to darkness. May God above not care about it. May no light shine on it. May gloom and utter darkness claim it once more. May a cloud settle over it. May blackness overwhelm it. That night, may a thick darkness seize it. May it not be included among the days of the year, nor be entered in any of the months. May the nights be barren. May no shot of joy be heard in it. May those who curse days curse that day. Those who are ready to rouse the Leviathan, may its morning stars become dark. May it wait for daylight in vain and not see the first rays of dawn, for it did not shut the doors of the womb on me to hide trouble from my eyes. Job goes on to finish and asks the question, why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? This is the first text presented showing the true humanity in both the author and the character. The author didn't have to go this hard to be this real, to be this open, to be this raw, but it was important that all of us following could see and recognize. Job was a sinless person, but Job was still human a hurting and pained person who felt that they had been wrong despite doing everything that they could, not having an understanding of why they're still here. Everything else was taken from them. Everything else was destroyed in front of them. Why still be here? 
And so Job, like many of us, decided to throw the day away, but hear what Job was doing. Job was saying, those who curse days curse this day. Because Job recognized that it was beyond his power to stop the morning star from becoming light. Job knew it was impossible for daylight to not come because it was outside of Job's command. See, for many things, it was our decision. For many things, it was our relations. For many things, it was all on our fault. But for other things, they are outside of our control. And for sometimes the bad days, the bad situations, they are outside of our control. But when we say this is a bad day, when we decide to say that somehow we could stop the sun from rising, that our situations, that our problems were somehow the reason and the cause for sunlight not reaching the earth that morning, then we could say it's a bad day. But no, we just had a bad situation, a bad moment, a bad time. And this is important to understand. I'm not trying to diminish our problems. I'm not even trying to diminish Job's situation. What I'm trying to do is accurately categorize. Because if we say it's the whole day, then that would mean we'd have to rearrange the sun and stop the moon from shining for us to fix those situations. But if we say it's just a bad situation, a bad relationship, a bad conversation, then we can fix those things specifically. But if we inflate it, if we make it bigger than what it is, then it's impossible for us to manage it. It becomes insurmounting and it leads to these depressive doubts. It leads to these destructive thoughts. It leads to us believing that the entire day was bad, but in reality, it was a bad moment. A horrific moment, might it be. A bad situation that broke you and hurt you, but it wasn't the whole day. The reason why it's so important that we don't throw the whole day away is because we have to tell ourselves that we're not done yet. The question of why I'm still here, one of the answers that you can start with is I'm not done yet. See, despite that situation, despite that relationship, besides that conversation that turned crooked, see, you're not done yet. You may have felt broken, pushed aside, forgotten about, but you're not done yet. So you may end up like Job to where your body is crippled, your property is destroyed, your family is abandoned or gone, but yet you're not done yet. See, for many of us, we believe that destiny, the reason that God created us was perhaps for this position, for this job, for maybe some employment that we're looking forward to, but that's not the reality. God's not looking to ask you to be a doctor, a lawyer, or even a preacher. What God's asking you to be is instead not to be, but to do. To do and be that verb that you can't stop yourself from doing. This divinely destined destiny. See, destiny isn't this noun that you find or you can get into this position, this place. But instead, it is a verb that you can do each and every day. The reason that's important is because when you find yourself like Job, where you have nothing else, 
When you find yourself broken and alone feeling and asking the question, why am I still here? I don't have this job anymore. I don't have this money anymore. I don't have this position. What you still do have is your destiny. You have the ability to carry out that verb. If both arms was chopped off and you couldn't breathe half the time, you could still live out your verb because even with that little bit of life, it's that do that God wants, not that be that God desires. See, God wants you to do and be who God created you to be, and that is living out that verb. When you ask the question, why am I still here? Answer it back, because I'm not done yet. We can't throw away the whole day because of a bad decision, a bad relationship, a bad moment. See, the reality is when you say it's a whole bad day, you don't allow yourself to break down and fix the problems. When you ask yourself, why am I still here? The question, the answer is, I'm not done yet. You still have a destiny that you can live out without the position, without the job, without the money, without the property. Job found himself alone, broken, sickly in the worst health of his life, with the worst, worst finances of his life, to where the only last person in his family, his wife, was saying, just give up on God, what more can you do? Job looked and said, I can still do me. I'm not done yet. That bad day, that bad moment that you thought would break me, let me tell you, I'm not done yet. See, God introduced the accuser, Satan, into the situation. And so when God introduced it, God was saying, I believe in you. That whatever Satan could bring towards you, that whatever Satan could think up or scheme up, I believe that you are still more than that. That even after all these situations, these issues, these shortcomings, you're not done yet. The last part that we have to recall and we have to remember, especially when it's looking at Job and when we're asking ourselves, why am I still here? Not only are you not done yet, but God hasn't left you yet. See, the weird and interesting thing about Job, especially since it's the first book of the Bible, it introduces God and Satan not as these eternal enemies that can't even stand in the same room together, but instead, it seems as if Satan is introduced or allowed to be in the same presence, the same courtroom as God, as if it's Satan's job, and it is. How we understand the original word of Satan, it's actually broken down and it's Al-Satan and that Al is a V, indicating a title of some sort. So it's an angel that comes in and changes that role back and forth and this angel is just the accuser. A prosecutor that's accusing you of lies, trying to push you to stop you from living out your destiny. But when God introduced Job to Satan, what God was saying is, I'm not leaving you, I believe in you. God never left you. See, Job is one of the first characters, and since Job is the first character in the Bible, every word that Job introduces is the first word that we would get from Christian faith. And the first word, the first name that Job calls God is Yahweh. Now this is important because Yahweh is seen as this very extra special word. It means I am who I am. And they think originally that Moses was the one who introduced this word to the Hebrew Israelites, but in reality, it's Job. Job in chapter 1 verse 21 introduces and uses this word Yahweh. I am who I am and it's an interesting way because where most would see this Yahweh as this extremely highly religious form of talking to God, instead Job uses it more in a relationship. This present and personal God, this Yahweh that I love, that I know, and he says, 
Will I only take the good from Yahweh and not the bad? The Lord giveth, Yahweh gives, and Yahweh takes away. See, this personal and present God allows us to be able to deal with giving and taking away. In relationships, it's not simply, simply just a give and a give, but a back and forth, a yin and yang. It's a balance. God is giving to build you, but God is taking away to perfect you, to define you, to make you better than what you thought you could have been before. We add certain things and certain things are added on top of us. Think of the negativities that people have placed on you when they've called you out your name, when they try to add that to your identity. God's taking those same things away to define you and build you right back up. God never left you. When Job says, Yahweh, the I am who I am, giveth and takes away. I am is a present. It's not I will be or I was. It means I am now. I am who I am with you currently. That personal Yahweh is a present personal God. And that's what's so important. When we ask ourselves the question, why am I still here? After the bad decisions, after the tough times, after the complicated conversations, when I threw the day away, why am I still here? Plant your feet and say, I'm still here because I'm not done yet. Because God never left me. I'm still here because I'm not done yet. I have so much more to do. When you think back and say those complicated conversations, why am I still here? Because I'm not done yet. Because God didn't give up on me. Because God never left me yet. You're still here because you have a destiny, a promise, a verb that you can constantly do even when you find yourself at the lowest of lows, at the most broken of broken points. You can still be you. Do you. That verb, that action, that you can't stop yourself from doing, that thing that's already comforted you in the worst moments, that's God reminding you, I've never left you. I've given you all that you need to constantly go past. For many of us, we find ourselves asking the question, just like Job did, why I'm still here? The answer is, you're not done yet, and God hasn't given up on you. This is just that easy, because it starts with you. It's the verb that you can constantly do. You don't have to go outside of yourself. You're thinking, it's not that easy, easy. You don't understand how tough my days are when I don't feel like getting out of the bed, rolling out of it, when I feel like all I've done is make mistake after mistake, bad decision after bad decision. I've thrown away more days than I've taken days. Easy. It's not that simple. And for sometimes... The journey is that tough, but reminder, it is that easy. Because you have a God that didn't give up on you. A God that lived a sinless life and went up on Calvary and died just for you. For you to not be done yet. To show you that God still believes in you in the present form. A Yahweh that is here. I am here. Why are you still here? You're still here because you're not done yet. Because God hasn't left you. Plant your feet in the worst of moments and just whisper to yourself, I'm still here. On the worst days, on the worst decisions, following the most complicated conversations, in the most reckless of relationships, you plant your feet and you say in abundance, in praise, 
in sacredness. I'm still here. Because God never left. It's just that easy. This is your favorite Radio Reverend Preach Easy. Signing off.